episode 130. Welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Hey everybody, I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. Hey, we're in the Music City today to visit with a lady who defines the very idea of having your own sound. Surrounded by a musical family and looking for a piano in every house she ever visited, let's tune in to the amazing stories and songs of Mary Jennings. Hey, strap up your seatbelts and let's go for a ride. Have you heard the news? There is a brand new musical act out on the airwaves called Mercy. This is something that you have never heard before. It's spiritual. It's the truth unleashed. With scripture delivered by Christine Mercy, along with drums, guitars, pianos, violins, and vocals from singer-songwriter James Kevin O'Connor. Yes, a little bit of heaven on earth, and just in time. Behold, the brand new single from the forthcoming album, I Am Victorious. Yes, Jesus came, he saw, he taught, he preached, he healed, he suffered unimaginable torture, and not only defeated the evils of Satan, but he won the entire war for the entire world. And as he stated in the song, I'm going home, back to the throne, victorious, it's glorious. I've many rooms in my father's house for all of us. It's glorious. Learn to trust in his name. I Am Victorious, the new single is out now and available on iTunes, Amazon, and CD Baby. Recorded just weeks ago on Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee. Download the single I Am Victorious right now on iTunes, Amazon, and CD Baby. And keep your eyes open for the full album release coming soon. Featuring Come, Bless You, Amen, I'm Afraid, It Is Finished, And yes, the title track, I Am Victorious, available right now. Go to iTunes, CD Baby, or Amazon and download your copy of I Am Victorious today. And keep your eyes and ears open for the new band, Mercy, coming to a venue near you soon. This message is sponsored by the James O'Connor Agency. On my show today, I'm so happy to have Mary Jennings here on the Dharmic Evolution. Mary, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, James. Happy to be here. How is your bad self today? The girl of two addresses. Uh, You're in New York and you're in Nashville. Tell me, how does that work? Well, I've been (laughs) bouncing back and forth for many years. Uh, I lived in New York um, for seven years, uh, a lot of the time, and then you know, would come back to Nashville, which is home. But now I'm primarily based in Nashville and just go up to New York every once in a while. So it just goes back and forth. You know, I'm following your path. I think I'm actually duplicating the same exact thing. Oh, yeah? That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I've been been down there for like the last four years recording off and on. And I live in New Jersey, but it's like I'm making the move very, very soon, I think, to make my uh, permanent residence down there because I have a business down there. So anyway, let's talk about you, man. Your music like just really kills. I love what you're doing. I love the vibe you have. And I was going through your songs and you sent me... I think you sent me seven or eight, and I wish I could play them all. We won't have time, but um, tell me how it worked for you. You're doing so many things, but initially, how did you get caught up in being a songwriter? What influenced you to, um, you know, to bring you to music, like at the very genesis of the Mary Jennings we now know and love? <laughs> oh, that's kind of a hard question, I guess. I mean, music's been a big part 
of my family. Um, my grandmother used to play piano all the time. My grandfather was a, or is a singer or was a singer. I don't, he doesn't sing much anymore, but he did sing. My uh, dad plays bass and guitar and sings. And so it's just, you know, been a big part of my family and we all listen to music a lot. So from a very young age, I was singing. Like, that's just what we did. That was our together time was to sing and play music. And then pretty much as soon as I could climb up on the piano bench, I started to play piano just for fun. And that was something that was never a no-no in my family. Anytime I wanted to hop on the piano, it was fine. So, you know, it was always just such an open thing. And, you know, every member of my family, all my grandparents and my aunts and uncles, everybody had a piano in their house. I thought it was just like, an ordinary piece of furniture as common as a sofa. <laughs> yeah. So I'd go over to friends' houses like, where's your piano? I don't understand. Right. So, you know, again, I had the opportunity very, very young. And then I guess I really started writing songs and, and taking that seriously when I was about 15. Right. Um, and it was just a really good outlet for me to express myself. And, you know, of course, every teenager is angsty and, you know, trying to find ways to be dramatic and express themselves. And I was just one of those people and music really stuck. And then it just became therapy for me after that. Yeah. And I've stuck with it. It still is for many of us. I mean, it's like, um, you know, I just, I, you know, I write a lot and then I have streaks where I don't write and do write a lot. And, you know, when it Mm -hmm. comes out, it comes out, but it seems like the same thing happens every time. If you have, some kind of, um, whether it's a difficulty or you're just not feeling right, when you complete a song, it's like nothing else matters. It's almost exactly. like, wow, I just, you know, this is so great. I finished, you know, a, a song and I come, I came back to it the next day and it's really, really good. And it just lifts you for some reason, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's why I think it, it's such a blessing for uh, so many of us. So I think we got to let people know what you're all about. How about Catch-22? Here we go sure. with Mary. Jennings, check this out. For you, I'd flip my world up, I would rearrange. But you'd be the last man on earth who'd notice a change. That's the catch 22, loving you. I say I love you so loud, everyone can hear. But my voice gets muted as soon as it hits your ears That's the catch-22 
Yeah, Catch-22. Mary, tell us about this song, man. That's really, what a great vibe. How'd you come up with this? Yeah. Uh, Well, this one was kind of funny. So, uh, you know, I've been happily married for like five and a half years now. God bless you. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's been really great. And I was originally writing a song uh, for my husband. And, you know, I was talking about how, you know, we were just talking about it. And I was like, it's so great because, you know, you're the one person in the world I would quit music for, but you'd be the last person in the world that would ever ask me to. And I was like, isn't that such a catch 22? Yeah. And he was like, well, when I think of catch 22, I think of a bad thing. Like I think it's a negative. So I was like, okay, well then I'm going to write the opposite of a love song and write catch 22 because I really liked the idea behind it. So I basically wrote it from the perspective of which has happened to me in the past of like, caring about somebody and loving somebody so much, but they don't even know you exist. Like they just don't even see it. They're completely blind to it. And uh, I think it resonates with a lot of people because I know a lot of people that have felt that way before. Right. Right. So I got to ask you, how are you able to have such, I mean, you've had some, some difficulties in your life that's in your bio that I read about, you know, losing your mom, like, you know, and, and just things like you, you've gone through, but, you know, the vibe I get from you is you're very positive. You got a bright smile on your face. You don't, you don't like carry like dark energy. I don't feel that from you at all. <laughs> so, well, you know, th- the music has helped that. Uh, yeah. And when I say music is my therapy, I get a lot of my darkness out in my music so that I can be a happy, mature adult. <laughs> right, um, right. So I get out all of that stuff in my music. Um, you know, and then I have it. I have it to reflect on if I ever need to. And um, it's a way to get through my my sadnesses and my difficulties. God bless you. I just want to share with some people uh, some of the things in your bio. is like, you know, you were a, you are, were, and maybe still are many of these things, a teacher, aerobics instructor, clothing retailer, <laughs> bartender, luggage saleswoman, and paranormal researcher. I love that <laughs> yeah. one. <laughs> what yeah. is a paranormal researcher? I don't even know. I got to be honest here. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. I am. Um, I'm in a like a volunteer. Uh, it's called Volunteer State Paranormal Research, and okay. we basically, you know, people who think their houses are haunted or oh, things gotcha, like that, right. people come and investigate okay. it. And there are definitely ways to go about that. And a lot of times, there's nothing there, but you know, there are those occasions when there are things that cannot be explained. Right. And um, I just have always loved that stuff. And I've had some weird experiences in my life. So that's what caused me interest. And then, of course, losing my mom, too. I've always liked the idea that I could get in contact with her at some point um, before my end. So, you know, that's what made me do a bunch of research on it and things like that. But So how, how old, how long ago did you lose your mom? Was it very young or was it, you know, I was, recent? I was 18. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. yeah that's I was 18 so years old. old. Yeah. And uh, so that was 16 years ago now. Yeah. Um, so, or it will, it will be 17 years in March, yeah. actually, right? or yes. 16 years in March. I have to do the math anyway, right. but it was very, very hard. I was an only child and she was my best friend in the whole world. And, um, my parents are split and I'm still very close to my dad and my stepmom, but she was the one that I lived with and spent all my time with. So losing her was, uh, 
the worst thing that's ever happened to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I'll say a prayer for you today for sure. God bless you on that. I want to ask you about like all of those things that I just described you doing. Sure. Like sure. what are you what are you still doing out of all of them? All of them? None of them? Have you moved well, actually, on to a whole nother plateau? <laughs> um, I all the one thing that's always been a constant is the music. I've right. always done. Well, that, and, but, yeah, know, I didn't have that in the group, you know, for sure. But as you, as you, you know, go on, you got to also make money. So, um, right, right. you know, in college I did the, uh, I was an aerobics instructor and then right after college I sold luggage and I've sold cool, then been worked at clothing retailers and all that stuff. Currently I, you know, still do music and I also make bolo ties. I have a, uh, whole, like, I guess you'd call it a jewelry line, but I make, um, you know, using antique and estate pieces of jewelry, I turn them into bolo ties. Okay. And uh, my mom was a jeweler, so that's how I got into it. Um, but that's, those are my two primary jobs. Right, right. Being a mom, I just, I'm a new mom, so. Congratulations. I'm also a parent. <laughs> awesome. How old? She's eight months. Oh, God bless you. That's awesome. Really. What's her name? Eliza Don oh. Philippe. Yep. Eliza Don Philippe. Wow, I like that name. That's awesome. So so you are just like with the music thing, I know that we all go through this. Like so many people like, you know, have to move away a little bit sometimes for different things in their life, but it's kind of like so magnetic that it always comes back and it keeps mm-hmm. on coming back stronger and stronger. So tell me about this latest um uh, your latest release uh, is Metamorphosis. Is that the, the latest release? Yes, Metamorphosis okay. is. Well, M- Metamorphose is a, the remix album, and okay. that came out in 2016. Right. Uh, but they are based on songs that were on the album Metamorphosis. So I would say that that's the you know most current like my songs, uh, and that kind of thing. So was it a concept was, album? Um, or was it, it just became, like did it kind that... of became one, but it okay. didn't. It didn't start that way. I mean, I, it, it, I guess as a concept album in terms of the concept was my life at the time, you right, know, and everything right. was changing. And I had, uh, I would say that there are lots of underlying themes. Um, yeah. A lot of it has to do with like, you know, everything. Uh, a lot of them have to do with like change and uh, comparing life experiences with um, things in nature. That okay. was a big part of it as well. Right. Um, but, you know, it mostly just, I, I think out of all of the songs, the first one that I wrote was Love You Best, I believe, and then maybe Home. But they were all kind of happening. You know, I had gotten married. I was getting ready to move back to Nashville full time. You know, all these different things were going on in my life that were changing. And, and so that's kind of what inspired the, the album. Yeah. Isn't that something when you're writing sometimes, um, like it seems like the, the album doesn't present its conceptual, um, you know, footprint until you get deeper into the writing process. And then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden it kind of takes you there, like whether it be the title or whether it is a concept album or even like the best song. Sometimes I find that, you know, you keep going deeper and deeper and writing more and more and more. And then it it just all of a sudden comes at the last minute sometimes like, wow, I didn't even think I was going to write this last song. And it turned out it was the best one on the record, you know? So uh, I always appreciate that. So we talked about home. We're going to play your video right now. This is called Home with Mary Jennings. I am nothing without my thoughts. I am lost. I am lost. 
And these lines crossed And these lines crossed Where we fall but get back up again We can call that home I am nothing without my With the interference, the interference My hands are bare, but we are not empty We can always go And we will go then where we fall But get back up again I am lost I am nothing without my thoughts And these lines cross And these lines cross My hands are bare But we are not empty We can always go And we will know that where we What a what a visual uh, masterpiece! I love this. This is really really so well done, Mary. Tell us about this one. Do you, the video or the yeah, song the video. Itself? Well, you could well both because um, let let's do both. I mean, some of the folks uh, will just hear this on the podcast; they don't see it. So you can describe like what sure. happened in the video with you know what what happened with this song. Why did you write this? And so I wrote this song when I was living in New York, and okay. I wrote it during uh, Hurricane Sandy. I was, you know, in my apartment. Everything was pretty much closed down because of the weather, and it was really kind of scary. But I was lucky enough to still have electricity, and so I started watching The Walking Dead uh, during that 
whole thing. Okay. And as I was watching The Walking Dead, which if, you know, those who don't know, it's, you know, the zombie apocalypse and the people who have survived. Um, it's so minimal about zombies, I think, and, and more about uh, human uh, reaction after an apocalypse. Right. Um, and so it really made me think, like, what is what would home be in an apocalypse kind of setting is home a place well obviously not because you'd have to leave and it's not things because you can't take them with you and i would venture to say that it's not even people because people are going to come and go and so for me when i started thinking about it home is more of a state of mind right and as long as you can survive and get up and go then wherever that is you can make that home it's just a sense of security so you know I didn't want to go with the zombie theme for the music video, but we wanted it to feel intense and apocalyptic and and things like that. So um, my friend Anna Haas and the director uh, of the video, uh, she kind of came up with this concept of, okay, well, let's make it a little bit loose in, in terms of interpretation that we don't know exactly what's going on, but that you've got this, you're alone in the woods. We know something's happened. We know something might be after you but how are you going to survive? And so she kind of created that whole story around it. And we had um, the the dancers and, you know, that again, open it to your interpretation. Like, are they real people that have also survived? Are they, you know, spirits that have come to help me out? Who knows? So, you know, we, we really wanted it to be left open to interpretation, but be visually stimulating and, and really kind of, set a mood and a tone um of survival in it you um you are a natural actor i mean you know like um you know we're talking a little bit while we're watching the the film and uh you just kind of like your your ability to communicate you know um on film is just really you just jump off the screen and uh that came absolutely naturally did you take any acting lessons or just this is you doing you you feel this that's what I well, suspect. <laughs> I've always loved acting, and I think my friends and family would call me dramatic. Okay. But, um, you know, when I was in high school, I did a lot of acting and took theater classes and did a lot of shows and musicals and, you know, straight plays and all of that. So I've always loved acting, and I continued to take some classes when I was in college. Um, it's been more of a hobby than anything, but I love doing it. I so, absolutely love acting. Yeah, it shows. Now, let me ask you, was Anne directing you or were you kind of self-motivated? Like you knew what you wanted to, to express, like dramatically. Well, Anna, Anna was a great director. Oh, was she? she? Okay. Yeah, I mean, because I knew, like if she told me to be scared or cry or whatever, right. then I could do that. But she knew visually what she needed. Okay. So, you know, she was great at telling me like, you need to hold your head a little bit more this way, or you need to be, you're a little bit out of frame or when you run, run a little slower. So she was great at telling me how to do it and, yeah. and what to do. But, um, I think I also take direction well, so yeah. it made it an easier process. So it was a good combination. You guys working together for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it I came would absolutely off. work with her a million times over. Yeah, I want to encourage everybody, go check out that. You're on YouTube with that, right? Yes. Yeah, it's called Home, and check out Mary Jennings. Just Google it and put it in the YouTube and check it out. you really enjoy this video. Hey, I want to I'll talk to you about your love for secondhand clothing. This is cool. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so tell me, what the what is the, the business or process or I don't know if it's a business or a hobby or like, tell us about that. Like, how does that work? 
Like, what do you do? I have worn pretty much exclusively secondhand clothes for as long as I can remember. Okay. Um, I just, and it's not, you know, I mean, yes, it's great that it's less expensive, but I think most of it is that, um, my attention span for clothing is so short. So I'm not going to spend a lot of money on something when I might change my mind in five minutes. And, you know, I've always felt like I could be more creative and I really love being able to wear something that other people probably aren't going to have, or, you know, it's just, or they're going to wear it completely differently. So, um, I learned how to sew when I was younger, so I'm, I can edit and alter clothing and I just really love vintage clothes and just to dress differently. I've just always wanted to stand out in that way. So thrifting is one of my favorite things to do. So, so what do you, do you just go to like secondhand shops? Is that how? Oh, Oh, okay. I mean, I will go to garage sales, estate sales, thrift stores, flea markets, you name it. Right. I'll go. Now, will you do it. will you do trades with them? Will you say like, "Hey, listen, I'm wearing this thing. I'm tired of it. I had it a week. Now I'm going <laughs> to trade this in and give me that unfortunately, one." Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, they don't do that. Right. But I right. have done. I've hosted uh, clothing swap shows. Okay. And clothing swap shows have been a lot of fun. Um, please excuse my dog. Who hey, what's his name? His name is Dexter. Sorry. Dexter. Nice to see. He went right into the frame. I thought he was yeah, pretty I handsome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but anyway, so um, I host these clothing swap shows, and basically your admit your admission into the show is to bring any clothes that you don't want anymore, just whatever you want to get rid of. We collect them from everybody, display them like we would in a store, and then after the show, people can go and take whatever they want. So it's a way to clean out your closet, get some new clothes, promote secondhand, you know, it's my way of being green as well to, you know, have yeah, secondhand. That's good. So you so do this at your music shows? That's yeah. Good. Oh, cool. That's a great idea. I mean, that's really awesome because, you know, you think about, it, I mean, I try to do that to go through my closet and say, you know, what can I, it's, this is silly that this coat is sitting here. I don't wear it and I, I find a home for it, you know, but yeah. um, you're right. Like, why don't we not just like everybody's the same? I think we ha- have an abundance of clothing in this country that we don't even wear or need, you know, yeah. so finding, um, you know, people that can take advantage of that is great. Hey, tell me about the, the gigging while we're talking about that I know you use pedals and you go out and you do a really really strong um, presentation of your music um, with you know using some technology to, to help back you up is that your preferred method or is that just one of many w- things that you can offer like as a as a performer artist you know I think if I had if I had my druthers, I would have a huge band and a string section and right. all that stuff and not even have to use the pe- the loop pedals and stuff like that because I would have all the musicians. I think that having live musicians, nothing beats that. Yeah. Um, but the fact is when you're an indie artist, it's really expensive. So, you know, depending on what a venue wants, I can absolutely do full band. I've got... Um, some amazing drummers and bassists. Well, really one drummer and one bassist that I work with all the time and, you know, have a cello player that I work with and a violinist and guitar players. So I can do the full band thing, but often the venue because of money or maybe because of size, it only makes sense to be a solo artist. Yeah. And I love playing just piano, but I thought I really wanted it to be a little bit more filled out to, resonate more with like what my uh, albums are. Right. Because my albums aren't super singer songwriter. They're, they're electronica, they're pop, they're, you know, 
they're not just a girl on a piano. So the loop pedal really helped me be able to broaden that a little bit. And, you know, when I do the beatboxing or the looping with my voice, it just kind of fills it out a little bit. Well, yeah, it kind of, um, it gives you that platform to, uh, to show your uniqueness, you know, cause you, you would miss all that if you just, if you were just there with straight piano, like it would be right. like, people wouldn't have the imagination, uh, that you put into it to, you know, to look at. So that's really cool. Tell me about you writing. Like what's your, um, what's your preferred method? Like when you write, is it just sit at a piano? Do you ever just sit with, um, a guitar or a, or a legal pad with no instruments or like, how do you come up with your songs? It honestly varies from song to song. Um, there have been like, this means war on metamorphosis. The lyrics were written first and they were written in the car on the way from Nashville to New York. I mean, right. I, I was driving and my, um, one of my best friends, Pat was sitting in the passenger seat and I made him write it down for me. I was like, I've got these lyric ideas, please write this down. Right. So that's, how that started, but then, you know, metamorphosis started with piano and a riff. And sometimes it's a melody that I'll record on my phone voice recorder. Some of them are co-writes, you know, it just, right. it really varies. It's like, whatever the inspiration is, I just run with it. I, I always keep a journal with me or, or paper so that if I have ideas, I can write them down. Right. And I always have some form of a recorder, whether it's my phone or whether it's like a handheld recorder. So that if I have a melody, I can just sing it real quick and then come back to it later. Right. So tell me about the co-writing process. Do you have like um, a network of people that you co-write with on a regular basis or is, or is it just like once in a while this happens? How does that work for you? I'm open to co-writing with anybody. I, if anybody asks, I'm down to do it. And, you know, sometimes it's great and sometimes we don't mesh. Right. Um, there have been a couple of co-writers that I've written with several times. Like Jeremy Nash is uh, one of my, you know, preferred co-writers. He wrote uh, Love You Best with me and Tectonic Plates with me. Um, he's And we've written songs for him as well. He's also a singer-songwriter. But we have always meshed really well together writing songs. Right. So... I always love writing with him, but I've written, I have a lot of people that I've written with that it's been very, very successful. So I'm always open to trying yeah. no matter what. And I have a friend up in Connecticut that I've written a bunch of songs with too, um, that I, whenever I go up to New York, I will take a train to Connecticut to write with him. So really, see, I love yeah. that. I'm a train freak because trains yeah. like, just like they open up your fertile imagination. They're so romantic. You know, sure. a train, you know, tell me yeah. about the, give us like, take us into a typical, and it's probably not typical, but a writing session, like to describe to people who don't co-write or don't, don't know that world, like what, how would it go? Like, let's say it's a two or three hour session or whatever, just, sure. you know, take us in the room and, and like describe what happens or what might happen or some funny moments or anything at all that you can share sure. that people would like to know about. Well, it, it varies, again, from writer to writer. Right. But I'd say that most often there's at least one person that kind of takes the initiative. Like, okay, what are we going to write about today? Right. And you kind of decide who are you writing. I, I have found that it's easiest to decide who you are writing for first. Okay. Are you writing for me as a songwriter? Are we writing for you as a songwriter? Are we writing for Kenny Chesney? Are we writing for Britney Spears? Who are we writing for? Yeah. So that you kind of have that direction in mind. And then usually it's a matter of going through each other's ideas. Like, do you, are you inspired by this? And you play some stuff or you sing some lyrics or whatever. And usually there's that one thing that's like, ah, I've got something that can work with that. Let's 
you know, fine tune it yeah. with tectonic plates and Jeremy Nash. I, I called him up and said, I really want to write a song about how the tectonic plates uh, are like human interactions. Nice. <laughs> I, mean, I very, like that. Yeah. Great metaphor. People, but you, very few people you could call and say, let's write a song <laughs> about the tectonic plates. And he was right. like, cool, I'm down. He came over and, you know, all I had at the time was kind of like a chorus right. um, it, that wasn't completely finished. I mean, we pulled out our phones and read all about the tectonic plates because we wanted it to be scientifically accurate. I mean, it was a total nerd fest. <laughs> and then it became a duet. It was crazy. It was like, you know, it, initially we were writing this for me, but then when he started singing with me, I was like, no, this has to be a duet. Yeah. So it was my first ever duet on a record too, which was cool. So it, it really depends, but usually it's just all starts with an idea so and that, goes from there. So that makes it like the coolest thing in the world because once again, like being a songwriter, you know, I've said this before on the show that, you know, the cool thing is there's no rules or there's no, you know, there's like no you don't go to a university and learn, here's how to write a song. It's just kind of like this, um, it's just this wonderful antenna that we're blessed with. And we're lucky enough to be receptors of, you know, I firmly believe those songs are out in the ether and that, you know, God blessed us with the ability to capture that and process it, yeah. you know, and uh, it's just so cool. There's no rote way to just sit down and do this. It's like, whatever you decide, you know, you're like a chef and you've got all these, you know, spices around you, whatever you put in, that's what comes out, you know, and you just don't yeah. know till it's done either. That's right. Dexter got in his cameo. Had I known he was going to be here, I would have certainly brought a milk bone to the interview. Right back with Mary after these words. Are you a singer, songwriter, artist, or author? Are you in need of a platform for your career? Well, the James O'Connor Agency is in the business of helping you broadcast your global career. If you are needing to expand your presence in a big way, such as having your music and your voice heard around the world, well, look no further. We have the platforms here to help you catapult your career like no one else can. Your artistry can be featured around the world on the FilmOn.com IPTV network. Here at the James O'Connor Agency, we can expand your global career by being a featured guest on Dharmic Evolution for singer-songwriters and everyone in the entertainment industry. Or the James O'Connor Show, designed for authors, speakers, and thought leaders. Both shows are international radio, TV shows, and podcasts. Go to the JamesO'ConnorAgency.com and find out what we can do for your global career right now. So um, let me ask you about um, discipline and schedule. You know, can you share with us about with your music career, do you put it into like, you know, a schedule every day, I do this, this, and this, or is it kind of like when inspiration hits, then I write, or is it just a project? Like, how do you do it? How does, how does um, Mary Jennings uh, run her life with her, her musical career? Well, I think the best thing is to really... Um schedule things appropriately. It's easy to get in front of your computer and start booking a bajillion shows and trying to get press. I mean, musicians that are trying to really make something of it are spread so thin because yeah. they have to do everything. Yeah. So for me, a lot of it was 
really allotting time, like this is going to be when I really work on trying to book shows. This is when I'm going to work on trying to get press. This is when I'm going to work on music. But any of those things can be interrupted. So if I get inspired while I'm booking shows, I'm not going to keep booking shows and hold off on the inspiration. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go over the piano and I'm going to work on it. Yeah. Or if I all of a sudden get an email about an opportunity while I'm writing, I will take a time out and take care of that opportunity. So a lot of it is just being flexible uh, in terms of your schedule, but also making sure you make time for everything. And also for musicians, which I've struggled with this in the past, you have to make time to actually live because what are you going to write about if you don't? Yeah. So going out with your friends, spending time with your family, going out on a hike, getting in your car and driving and people watching, you know, those things are important or else we aren't going to have inspiration for which to write about. Right. So you need, yeah, you need the experiences because, um, you know, otherwise there's no stories. You no, know? And, not and, at all. And as a Nashviller, you know, that's what it's all about. So I think it's time to play Love Yo, Love You Best. This is oh. another one that we're going to hear from Mary Jennings. Never, never 
was awesome. You take my breath away on that one. That was really, I love your voice, man. Really, really cool. So love you best. How, how did that one come about? Who inspired that for you, Mary? My husband. I knew that. I knew that. Um, so <laughs> What's his name? Your husband? Dave. Dave. Dave Philippe. Yes. Dave, you got he's it great. going on, man. <laughs> yeah, he's great. And, you know, that one, I'm not, as you can probably gather from the rest of my music, I'm not big about writing happy songs. It's mm-hmm. not my forte. Right, right. So this is about as lovey-dovey as I get. Yeah. And, you know, it, I just really, it was, it says it like it is, you know? I mean, it just. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful vibe. Yeah, no, I, 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 I caught some of the dark stuff, you know, going on there. Um, but, you know, again, we, we, we vet out what's, what's bothering us or what's, you know, going on inside of us. And there's, yep. a, there's a channel for it to get out because if it doesn't get out, that's not healthy either. Hey, could yeah. you bring us into the studio, Mary? Tell us about, like, take that track, for instance. Sure. Who's on it? Where did you guys record it? Can you tell us about the session, how it went and who's producing Sure. So five of the lies, six of the eight songs on Metamorphosis are produced by Nathan Rosenberg with Doghouse Studios in New York. And we met through the guy that was playing guitar with me at the time, Mark Marshall. And he said we he really thought that we would mesh well together. And we did. We totally have similar vibes. We are like musical soulmates. He totally totally got me this is nathan and who got it yeah Mm -hmm. okay that's so important uh, yeah yeah it was really great and so love you best you know to ask how the studio session was for that song particularly is comical because it was the hardest one to record why through like three or four different key changes to find the right fit it went through three or four different tempos like it just wasn't sitting right yeah and then finally we got the the string the sweeping string part that comes in. Okay. And that was like, oh, God, okay, yeah, we're close. We're really close. And then um, my uh, buddy Pat McCarthy played bass. Mark Marshall played guitar. And then a friend of mine, uh, John McGraw, played drums on that one. He only played drums on that one. Um, But, you know, we had full instrumentation. And then, you know, I played the piano in it and sing. And then Nathan does a lot of the like synth or, you know, organic ambient kind of noises. Right. Um, and that was a lot of fun, but then, you know, the studio thing varies when we did home, we, my buddy Ian, uh, O'Neill played drums on that. And he did that from Nashville. We sent him the track and he went into his studio, played drums, sent them back. We edited them, you know, so it just, it depends. I mean, it was, that whole album was a lot of bouncing back and forth between Nashville and New York and different friends playing on it and different friends singing on it. And, you know, Jeremy Nash, who co-wrote Love You Best, uh, he, I believe, if I remember correctly, he sang on that as well. I think. He definitely sang on One Brick, but we had people coming in and doing vocals and all kinds of stuff. So I would say that my most recent studio experience was filled with some of the most talented friends I have and with the most creative producer I've ever worked with. And it just was a lovely experience. And that whole time there, I laughed, I cried, I got angry. I, 
had every emotion known to man <laughs> during the recording of that album. It was awesome. Well, that's the signature for a successful record. You know, when you go through that much, and, and we're going to play the title track right now because I want to get this in. This interview is going so fast. And I want to circle back to, um, to some other things we were talking about too. But let's listen right now to Metamorphosis. Here we go with Mary Jennings.
love that metamorphosis. So how did we get this title, Mary? How did this become the album title? And how did you come up with that song? That was really awesome. Thank you. Well, when I was younger, I was, a, well, and still am, but I was always <laughs> kind of a weird kid. Right. Uh, and, you know, dressed differently, liked different things. And, you know, I spent a lot of time trying to conform to the normal and uh, it just never really fit. So I finally just accepted the way I was and, you know, did it unabashedly. And I think that was my metamorphosis was when I finally was like, you know what? The way I am is just fine. Right. And I'm going right. to be myself. Yeah. And so I wrote the song and and then after like I, I had written all of these songs, we were starting to put everything together in an album. It became the title track because every single one of the songs was about change and was about an acceptance of who I am and about life. So it just made sense. Like, I feel like that one song kind of encompasses all of the songs. So that's right. why it became the title track. It's it's beautiful, and um, you were we were talking a little bit earlier on the break about um you know while the song was playing about favorite places that you like to play. Could you could you run that down for us? Like what really stimulates sure. you, and and like your best place to play where you feel most comfortable, and that you're really connecting with your audiences. Sure, I mean to me, any venue with an engaged audience and a person that cares about how it sounds, you know, to yeah. have really good sound in the room is a win for me. So, you know, I've played, um, there are two venues that really stand out for me. And one was playing at the Skirmerhorn in Nashville. Uh, I got to play in the courtyard and uh, played with a cellist, violinist, and a guitarist, and then also did my piano and looping. And it just was, a, it was a really nice crowd. The sound was amazing. It was a beautiful night out. The lighting was great. It was just a lot of fun. And it, a really great experience. And then in New York, I've gotten to play a venue called Subculture several times, and it is just a wonderful listening room. Uh, people sit down, they're quiet, they're engaged, the sound is great, and it's just been really awesome. But there have been a lot of venues that have really rocked my socks. Right. And again, it, it doesn't take much. But an engaged audience and good sound, that does engaged it. Engaged audience. And by the way, my sons gave me a shirt on my last birthday. It says, normal is boring. So I, share your, boring. I share your sentiment on, on that. Yeah. Hey, um, can you tell us as we're starting to wind down, I want to know what you're most excited about as, you know, we're into a brand new year. And thankfully, this election is finally done and over and behind us so that we can focus on on very positive things moving forward. And what are you what are you like most excited about with your life, your career living in Nashville? What is it that you're looking forward to, like for the rest of this year? Well, this is probably not the right answer for a musical podcast, but I'm most excited about my daughter. I mean, she's yes. so fun. She's Why so wouldn't fun. that be? Are you kidding? Kids you know, are uh, and amazing. It, she's just she's just so great. And she's right. my, my best friend. And so I look forward to, you know, her growing up and, you know, teaching her things. And as she gets older, being able to play and play music with her. And I look forward to the inspiration that will come by having that life experience. I've already written one song that was inspired by her. And I just know there's going to be so many more yeah. that are inspired. I think you're going to hear a whole new happier Mary Jennings in music because I don't wow. have anything the, from me to write about. It's all good stuff. So. You know what? Yeah, I got your new title, The Darkness is Dead. 
That's right. <laughs> See you later. You know, it's so funny because, uh, you know, it's like sometimes people ask me, you know, like, what was your favorite, you know, part about being a parent? Like when, when growing up was the best age for you? Because I have two boys and I said, they were all fun. I liked them when they were like little babies and then they grew up. And now we do all the same stuff together. Only we just do it as adults now. It's it never changes. Yeah. It just gets better all the time. So, um, I, God bless you for having you know for being a new mother. I think it's just a wonderful journey for you. Hey, so tell us, Mary. Tell us where is the best place that we can find Mary Jennings? Support you, purchase your music, and if you want to plug a gig because this show should come out like really quickly of uh, where you're playing recently, anything like that, can you share with our audience? Sure. Well, the best way to stay in touch with me is on my website, which is pretty simple. It's maryjennings.com. And it's going to have every show listed. It's going to have a place where you can buy music. It's going to have links to my bolo ties. It's going to have my story, any sort of news that comes out. All of it is right there. Is Dexter there? uh, Always. Dexter has to be there. Yes. Dexter (laughs) is a member of this family. Yeah, right. I know. He's handsome. (laughs) And I'm on, I'm on all the social media outlets like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Okay. We'll pick all those up and put them in the (laughs) show notes so people can just click and connect with you. So this was really awesome. I'm so happy that you came on the show and and got a chance to learn all about your stories, your music, your past, your present, and your future. This was wonderful. Mary Jennings, thank you so much for being a part of the Dharmic Evolution. Thank you. And thanks for having me. Do you ever wonder why you were created and what you're here to do? then the geography of the soul will help you to find your true place in this world. The music is so inspirational, including tracks such as I Want to Be Loved, State of Grace, and Ride On. James Kevin O'Connor is an internationally acclaimed singer, songwriter, music producer, entertainment agent, TV star and a loving father who leads you to find your true place and calms your mind and soul in breathtaking ways. Buy Geography of the Soul today by James Kevin O'Connor at iTunes, CD Baby, Amazon, JamesKevinO'Connor.com, Geography of the Soul, a beautiful CD that you need to own today by James Kevin O'Connor. Sponsored by the James O'Connor Agency. Catch 22. Home. Love you best. And metamorphosis. It's good to have another future Dharmic star on this show today. And now I have another good friend to hang out with in Nashville when we move the whole operation down there shortly to the wonderful Music City. I feel like I'm going to Oz. Hey, you can check out Mary on the Dharmic Evolution website, now being downloaded and listened to in countries all around the world. There's this ongoing thing. that is it 198? Is it 196? Is it 250 countries? Who cares? It's the entire world. And hey, we're just getting warmed up because we have now launched our very own radio TV satellite network that gives us a presence in all countries worldwide. Go over to Crowd Radio TV and check out some of the Dharmic stars that are on that channel right now. We are part of the Film on TV family of channels, 
It runs 24-7, 365 days a year. It's Crowd Radio TV, and it's all happening via the James O'Connor Agency, an international talent agency designed to broadcast your global career. Hey, we've now also formally launched the agency website. Go over and visit the site. Find out about all the exciting work we're doing around the world. Do you need funding for your next album project? We got you covered. Just go over to thejamesoconnoragency.com. Find out what we do for singer-songwriters, musical artists, as well as authors, speakers, and thought leaders. You can also visit dharmicevolution.com. Check out your show and blog profile right now. If you've been on this show, you are now on the site. Mary is now on the site, and people from around the world are logging in to see and hear all about Mary Jennings and her brand. Hey, that's it for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or i see you on TV. Ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery If wishes were windows, I'd open one and find That freedom is really a simple state of mind So ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery Pictures in your mind I'll take you places 